They waited to kill the two bodyguards, who'd come walking toward them soon across the snow-covered parking lot. The bodyguards would be on either side of a twenty-three-year-old girl, the daughter of one of the most powerful men in the world. In bitter February cold, the killers hid in a rented car and in a small wooden booth at the parking lot entrance. Five of them, young men and women, white and black. They were members of the Inquisition, a California-based terrorist organization of white and black radicals, and the girl they intended to kidnap was a student at the New York College behind the parking lot. Her name was Mary. She was to be used in one of the most daring ransom schemes ever attempted by a radical group in America. The terrorist leader was a black man, calling himself Deceline. In the cold, he flexed his thick fingers inside tan woolen gloves, then rolled them into bone-hard fists, pressing them against his ears to warm that stinging flesh. As Deceline, he was the most hunted and feared terrorist in America. Since this made him important and gave him power, he enjoyed his role in life and was willing to do anything to prolong it. The black man, murderous and shrewd, had come into the world as Julian Jeffrey Turner. In thirty years of living, he'd been arrested fifteen times, acquiring a police record for dealing in drugs and stolen guns, for bank robbery, for jailbreak, and for murder. He was also mentally ill. He'd taken the name Deceline from an eighteenth-century Haitian slave, a man who had become a superb military leader, driving the French from that island and becoming one of its first black emperors. As Deceline, this twentieth-century black man was an expert at urban guerrilla warfare. This also meant craftily using the media for self-publicizing. He did this often, and well. Under his leadership, the Inquisition was front-page news across America, becoming feared, hated, and hunted in the process. After today, he and his organization would be front-page news around the world. He smiled at the thought, and for an instant his plan for power and propaganda made him feel warmer. Inside a yellow and green painted wooden booth at the parking lot entrance, Deceline stood beside Corley Zachary, a quiet, twenty-six-year-old white man with damp blonde hair covering most of his forehead. Corley was one of the best marksmen to come out of the Vietnam War. Both he and Deceline wore the ill-fitting, impressed dark green uniform and black cap of the college's parking lot attendants. Twenty minutes ago, the uniforms had been taken at gunpoint from two men, now unconscious on the oil-smeared, cold steel floor of a rented red panel truck parked fifteen feet away. The attendants, a pair of Puerto Rican brothers who spoke little English, lay wrapped in lice-ridden, piss-smelling army blankets. Don't want to waste them people, Deceline said about the Puerto Ricans. They what we trying to help, dig. Corley nodded once, showing he understood. He would obey Deceline without question. Corley wasn't overly bright. He was just a Georgia boy who handled a gun with an extraordinary and deadly skill. That's all he had to do. Keep quiet, do what Deceline told him to do, and use a gun when the time came. A battered green heater glowed bright orange at their feet. It fell far short of heating up the booth. All it did was harden their snow-wet shoes into stiff ugliness and warm the wet cuffs of their uniforms. The girl was special, so the college was letting her take end-term graduate exams in medieval literature by herself. She sat alone, her two bodyguards reading newspapers in the back of a barely heated classroom, the course instructor sitting head down at a desk in front of her, grading papers from other students. Deceline knew her schedule. Much of it was no secret. She was world-famous, 
and her temporary graduate study in New York had been highly publicized. The rest had been easy. He knew that when she finished the exam, she and the two United States Secret Servicemen, who never left her side, would come out into the cold and hurry across the snow-covered parking lot to a dark blue Chevrolet. The car was always parked in the same place, right by this booth, where the attendants could watch it. Deceline was watching it now.